Welcome back to another Sound Truth interview. I'm your host, Adam Miller, and today I'm privileged to be joined by David and Barbara Lehman, who are the authors of a great book called Our Hymns, Our Heritage, a Hosanna hymnal, a student guide to songs of the church. I have to say that um, last year we talked with him in the book uh, In Excelsis, right? It was a, a great, yeah, yes, Hosanna in Excelsis. This is a beautiful picture of, of songs and hymns for Christmas. This one gives us a little more context for a whole year, so I'm really yes. excited to delve into it, especially as we try to pass this heritage down to the next generation. It's very easy to lose sight of the rich hymns of the faith, the ones that I grew up with, if we don't make them a daily practice, a daily passing on to the next generation, they're not going to pick it up on their own. So it's a real joy to have them with us today to talk about their book, Our Hymns, Our Heritage. Uh, Dave and Barbara, thank you so much for being a part of the Many Voices for that one message. Thank you. Our privilege. Why don't you get us started by telling us a little bit about uh, your background and your ministry that has really kind of uh, brought this whole process of hymns as a very front and center to your work. Well, I think we've always worked in churches, always loved hymnody. And then when I took a job in a a classical Christian school, they they already had a legacy of doing hymns. So that's what put us into it. And uh, we just fit right into that. And uh, then when time to came, do a hymnal, redo a hymnal, we decided to, that's what, that's what happened here. We just we decided to do a hymnal for the school. And to do the research, and we learned a lot doing that ourselves. We've been seeing them all our lives. It, it caused us to really decide what what should we include, what should we not include. But anyway, the background is I think church ministry. I'm speak. Yeah, I was in uh, a nu- numerous church ministries over forty plus years, and uh, leading worship and picking the hymns was the most important job I had. Mm. Uh, directed choir and played keyboards, but uh, the choosing of the hymns so that the congregation sang them well and grew theologically, doctrinally even, uh, because of the ones we chose, I thought was very important. Not that I never used uh, modern either hymnody or choruses, uh, but the meat of our worship, I felt, needed to be across the spectrum of hymnody, which is kind of a subjective call, what's a hymn and what's not. But uh, we tried to make that clear in the introduction to this hymnal. You actually um, lay out a bunch of songs, even some spiritual songs in these uh, in this yes. book here. But uh, you mentioned that there's it's not just an exclusive of uh, just hymns only. Um, so explain to us a little bit about why why to have a kind of blended uh, component. Uh, these are obviously hymns, and there's a few spiritual songs. They're, they're the songs of our heritage. But but why would you approach it in the way of having a blended service? Oh, in picking a, a worship for a worship service. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I realized that. There are all kinds of people, and they relate on different levels. My trouble with the modern church is that they've left out mm-hmm. all the heritage. It's like if you have a picture album of family going back to grandparents, even great-grandparents, and you say, ah, they're long gone. I'm tearing these pictures out. I don't ever want to look at them again. That's what we've been doing in the church. And uh, the strange part is that the older uh, saints who wrote poetry that was put to music, the hymns, often were pastors Hmm. and had theological backgrounds that were deep. 
Isaac Watts, John West, Charles Wesley. Now the songs are being written by people who are guitar players, <laughs> you know, and that's okay. But really, we need a depth that's sometimes missing in some of the the uh, new newer songs. I think as well with the the richness you talk about the the heritage of these songs. Uh, right. These are songs that have stayed for a long time. So there's already uh, there's a there's kind of a vetting process already. The fact that they have been with us in the church for oh, so yeah. long uh, right. kind of proves their relevance to the church. Right. And there are songs written today that are going to be around for a long time. Mm-hmm. Uh, Perhaps. We, we, well, no, <laughs> we we attended a workshop with one one of the foremost hymn writers of the day, who's I think excellent. I think his poetry is beautiful. And he, he, he was a, teaching a workshop, hymns that will last through the centuries. And he said, I, first of all, I want you to know I did not pick that title mm-hmm. because I don't know if I can write a hymn that will pass. Only time will tell. Yeah. And so I think that some will, you know. Um, that was Stuart Townend, by the way. Yeah, yeah. He's very humble. He certainly had uh, a lot of songs that have lasted at least decades. <laughs> well, uh, um, How Deep the Father's Love for Us in Christ Alone. Sure. Mm-hmm. Right, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but as far as even in, in, in school settings, I think for me in the school setting, we pretty much stuck to the hymns because it was a classical school and we were teaching the classical hymns and the history. And you mentioned a while ago about teaching the next generation. Mm-hmm. And I think we realize it only takes one generation to lose it all. Mm-hmm. If we do none of it, then it only takes a very short time to completely have lost it all. So we don't want to do that. And we believe that <laughs> even like a book, if you pick up a book, you kind of want to know about the author and what's his background, why did he write this book or she, uh, and the same, the same is true even more so of hymns. Congregations are amazingly uh, agreeable and cooperative when the song leader says, we're going to sing this hymn, they do it. They don't ask, yeah, but why? Or, but they could, and it would help them to know uh, that this song leader I mean, this hymn writer had this issue in their background. Uh, a lot of times it's it's very informative to the lyrics, mm-hmm. why they are saying what they are saying. Mm-hmm. So we believe that the, the hardest job of our book is picking the hymns. Mm-hmm. We, we picked 115, the first edition, which was self-published. And then for Moody, we've got 120. And... Uh, they may not be the perfect choices according to everybody's taste. We just had to go with our experience as to what were theologically sound, which had good marriage of tune and text. That's so important. And that, uh, as you said, had a, some variety across the spectrum in the table of contents. It shows you we're talking about the church year. We're talking about the attributes of God. And then we're talking about how we respond to God speaking to us through these songs. So we tried to uh, give something that would really benefit. And we wrote it, frankly, directed toward elementary age children. Mm -hmm. The funny part was when the book came out, adults, senior citizens, everybody said, oh, I love what you wrote. Mm -hmm. So we didn't dumb it down, you know, to first grade level, but probably about Sixth grade, eighth grade. Well, what was interesting to me as we were doing the research is that so many of the hymns that we sing for adults that we think are adult hymns were originally written for children. Come Christians Joined to Sing was originally titled Come Children Joined to Sing. And just yesterday I was looking at one of our hymns. Um, 
I sing the almighty power of God by Isaac Watts, one of my favorite hymns, my favorite scriptural poems. He originally wrote that for a children's hymnal. And I, I, I wrote that seven years ago when I'd forgotten it. It's uh, a little town of Bethlehem. Um, Cecil Alexander's uh, Once in Royal David City, All Things Bright and Beautiful, all written for children mm. to begin with. So uh, we think children are capable of loving that deep, the deep words and the beautiful music. And they do. Children love what you teach them. I think that's interesting that this book is really designed as a, a student's guide to teach students to love the hymns mm-hmm. and to pass down our heritage. I mean, that's part of the title, Our Hymns, Our Heritage. Uh, mm-hmm. th- we're in that realm right now with a, with a generation that wants to make sure that what we pass down to the next generation is faithful and going to stay and has has lasting power. And with that comes theology, obviously, it comes teaching the Bible and teaching our American history, but, but why the hymns as well? I see hymns as um, a living, breathing autobiography of the Christians that have gone before us through mm. the centuries. We have a hymn that goes back to the fourth century. And through their struggles and their, their lives and how they coped with it and how they expressed their feelings, it's, it's our history book in many ways. Um, we, have, sure, we have books written by theologians, but this is a history book that is for the people for the masses, for children, for families. And it, it tells you, you know, what, what they went through and how they felt. We did a hymn Sunday and, and the pastor was quoting um, the, the verse about pain. And afterwards I said, do you realize that the author of that book was in pain her entire life? Mm. You know, to know that. And that's, and, and she wrote this, or now thank we all our God that, that uh, Martin Rinkhart had been going through the 30 years war and the black plague. And in one year, you know, did 4,500 funerals and was protecting a walled city. And out of all that, he wrote, now thank we all our God. And it was, he gave thanksgiving. He didn't complain. So we have so much to learn from these people and these saints. Um, that's, I think is important. And I, I like, again, children are going to read theology books, but they'll learn these hymns. Yeah. I remember one time Barbara came home and said her, one of her first grade ch- children, she was teaching, said, oh, their favorite hymn was, Oh, Sacred Head Now Wounded. <laughs> Do you believe that? And that proves Barb's st- statement, children love what they know. Mm-hmm. And they can memorize these hymns and these tunes, and then it goes deep in them and they love them. Yeah. It's crazy almost. Mm-hmm. I think the other component here is that these are songs that stick, and we've already talked a little bit about having songs that will last generations. Yeah. There's something to these songs that have already extended beyond right. their yeah. generation, but also yeah. when you teach them to a child, that gets into their bones, and that sticks with yeah. them throughout the rest of their life. I know I've, I've gone to nursing homes, and, oh, yeah. and you, you oh, yeah. lead worship and you preach, and whenever you sing some of these hymns, whether they are with you or not, as soon as you start to sing these hymns, they, they liven it. up because they can connect to these And sometimes songs. the tears start to flow. Yeah. yeah. You know, we've experienced that. They hear them and they... One of the things that I think is useful about our hymns, uh, our book, is that the biographies and the devotional, it's called As You Sing This Hymn, are relatively short, all mm-hmm. on a page. I see a book behind you there that about hymnody, and it's it's a good book. Who's that author? Um, so we have it too. Uh, right there. Oh, Robert Morgan. Robert Morgan. We use him as a resource. Yeah, he's good. Yeah. But each uh, hymn is a chapter. Yeah. 
Mm-hmm. And uh, adults, no, it's quite a few pages. And adults will enjoy that, yeah. but not students. By the way, though, students are all ages. Yes. We didn't write. I was going to say that we re- we long thought about that word, a student's guide, a child's, child's guide, guide. And we decided that the word student was everyone. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, everyone thinks children, but it's everyone. I think that, that your context given to the hymns as well is something we do every year for our Christmas card. We always write a hymn story, um, yeah. and we often do it for Easter as well. Uh, the reason we do that is because there's so much more behind the songs that give meaning, as you've mentioned already, mm-hmm. that give a lot of meaning to the songs that we're singing and bring a lot of the, the words that are very familiar to us to the surface of our heart. Oh, yeah. Right. And it's just such beautiful poetry. I was thinking the other day, even if a family doesn't know the tune or whatever, if they just read the poetry out loud, it's some of the best sacred poetry ever written. Mm-hmm. I think it's, it's why... The other day we were singing Crown Him With Many Crowns in a small group. And they didn't have the notes there because everybody knows the tune, just the text. And when I saw it pulled out like that, just reading, I was amazed at the facility mm-hmm. with language that that author wrote. Yeah, words that are twenty-five cent words for sure, but they're not impossible to understand in the context of the poem. Yeah. Well, in the context of this sort of layout of the book and what you're trying to provide, you're, you're doing something that I think a lot of parents and grandparents overlook. That is passing on these hymns to their children. Mm-hmm. In a lot of churches, you have children's church, and they're going to sing a completely different set of songs than you're singing in the, the main service. Uh, and you'll have uh, even youth group, and they sing different songs, and they sing in the church as well. Uh, this is actually a, a danger of not being able to pass down um, a lot of what we grew up with to them. Mm-hmm. That's true. That's true. And like I said, I, I think while I early in my career at the school where I taught, I thought, well, I only see these children 30 minutes a week. What can I give them? I can't teach them theory. I mean, like a little, a little of this and that. I thought the one thing I can teach them is how to sing mm-hmm. and what to sing. And and if I'm if I'm going to choose from all of the choices that I have, I'm only going to choose what's the best literature, the best music. And that's I think that's important. And I think that you're important. I, yeah, I, I'm glad to hear you say that sometimes we don't get that. And I, I'm, as our, when our children were growing up, well, they were in our service, so they learned this, but they also learned others too. By the way, there's a couple pages in our book about how to teach your children hymns, how to, how to teach these songs and make them familiar. Yeah. I think in the context of many churches, parents have the idea that they want their kids to enjoy going to church. So they want it to be fun. And there's certainly a lot of songs that I like to sing with our kids in our church because they are fun. But we also need to be conscientious that eventually they're going to grow up and eventually they're going to need to have a little more exactly. substance. And and they're, along with the fun, we can also teach them something that is going to be rich and that's going to stick with them. And it's in those moments that those songs are going to stick. I was, I'm teaching future adults. Yes. You know, I'm just teaching children. I'm teaching. And also, I sometimes tell people that people, adults, often I'll have adults tell me, I use that for my devotion sometimes. Mm-hmm. I said, well, make sure, don't don't read what we read so much for your devotional. I hope that it's the hymn words, the hymn text. There's the great writing in this book. Yeah. It was not done by us. It was done by those many, many authors. Nice. In there. 
And I found that children want to learn these things, especially they they get excited when we're teaching them something that is really close to our heart. I can admit that when I was a little kid, I probably didn't enjoy singing the hymns that we sang on a Sunday morning. But I can tell you now as an adult, those are the songs that bring me a lot of comfort. Those are the songs that bring me a lot of of memories and reminders of the faithfulness of God. Those are the, I mean, Father Abraham's great, (laughs) but it's the songs (laughs) of, you know, amazing grace and, and, uh, um, uh, come thou fount. Uh, those are the songs that really resonate in my heart as an adult. Yeah. Did your parents model in church singing? Did they stand up and sing? Oh yeah. Out? Oh yeah. We we were really big on hymns growing up, and I think yeah. that that's why, in a lot of ways, that uh, I turned out all right. But you love right. <laughs> Well, and I think that's important that parents model that. Sometimes dads stand there and don't sing. Mm-hmm. So the kid will say, oh, I don't like the hymns. My dad doesn't even like them, you know. But, you know, when you pick a, a scriptures to read to your children, you don't look so much for what's fun. Mm-mm. You look for what's enriching. When that's you, true. When you sing songs uh, in worship, that's a little bit different than in their bedroom before they go to sleep or at the dinner table. But uh, in worship, the song needs to be vertical toward mm-hmm. God. Mm-hmm. And um, it's it's an important part of training our children in the way they should go. Mm-hmm. I had a parent once tell me that when we were doing the church's one foundation for the hymn, which I had not, I kind of put that off for you because that is a little more, a lot of more hard to explain or whatever. He said, oh, I'm so glad you're doing that. We sing, we've sung that to our boys every night before bed, <laughs> since they were babies. <laughs> wow, that's really interesting. That's pretty amazing. Mm-hmm. But I think it's, you know, it's, it goes back to the classical, what is good, true, and beautiful. And we only have, even as parents, we have such little time with our children. Mm. We're, we're at the age where we realize that because they're gone and grown and have their children. But we, the time we spend with them in those times before bed and the times as a family, and fa- which is our times with family is getting less and less because of all the other options in the world. But uh, so important, so valuable. What are you going to do with those precious moments that you have? You choose the very best. And the, the church's one foundation couldn't be more difficult to understand than Father Abraham. But I know. Kids, kids, love, kids love Father Abraham. Now, that leads into a very important point, because in many cases, you can use this book and teaching the hymns as a part of family devotions, because in, in many ways, teaching a hymn and singing a hymn around a table is a lot easier to control than getting the kids out of their seat and having them kind of run around and doing all the motions of the hokey pokey yeah. for Father Abraham. We, we believe that this book, and thankfully Moody has priced it and such, that everyone in your family could own one and put their name in like they have their own Bible, they have their own hymnal, mm-hmm. and they bring it to the table, and, and, we, and you're singing from And by the way, uh, extra things that are offered on our website, which is hosannahymnals.com, are a recording of all the hymns just played piano on piano recording. so that you can put it on and sing with it if you don't know the tune or don't want to sing a cappella. And the other is there's an accompaniment book of these recordings of the piano that if someone that's in the family plays piano, then you can do that or in your church or especially in schools that you need. uh, But like in Barbara's school, uh, every classroom sang a hymn first thing in the morning and they used our recording 
before the teacher played that as the kids sang. Yeah, less intimidating for a teacher. Yeah. When we, you, you probably have noticed that we only have the melody. Most mm -hmm. hymnals have all four parts there. And that, again, was an intentional thing because it's for children, I think, and adults for who don't read music for that matter, at least watching the melody line going up and down, they can zero in on one line. But then there are those pianists among us who say, I want to play the accompaniment. You know, what, what can I play? So uh, they can go to a traditional hymnal and find them. Or like I say, Dave has written arrangements, accompaniment arrangements for all of them that mm. are available. So we try to meet those needs. I think we've, we're in a place right now where we've talked a lot on our broadcast about uh, family worship and family devotions and doing that in the home, not just relegating it to Sunday morning, but actually having that every day Amen. of the week. Amen. Uh, but I'm, I'm curious to you know even consider how many of our listeners actually take that seriously and implement it. But yeah. I think one of the impediments is not knowing how to do it. With a book like this, it really kind of lays out, you have, it's not just seasonal, though you have a whole section on the, the seasons of the church, you have a lot more that you could just sit down and work through these as a devotional, as a family, mm -hmm. and use them as a resource to, to kind of start or prime the pump, so to speak. That's, yeah. Yes, absolutely. That's wonderful. Explain to us how that would work. How would someone take one of these books and uh, use it in a context for family worship? Well, I would, first of all, look at uh, some of the topics, you know, like there's prayer or there's uh, the Holy Spirit or whatever. Or the church year, where uh, you the are church in the year. year. Yeah, where you are in the year or Thanksgiving and kind of pick passages of scripture that are about that and, and then sing following it. There's a great uh, book by Don Whitney on family worship. Mm -hmm. And he says, there's three things to do in family worship. If you do these three things, simple. it's simple. It's read the scripture, sing a song, pray. Amen. That's it. <laughs> you don't have to preach. You don't have to teach even. Just read, pray, sing. Mm. Yeah. Unfortunately, Don didn't have any recommendations of where to get your songs. He said, Maybe you can get an old hymnal from your church that's in a closet him. somewhere. <laughs> we want him to write about our book in, in his book. It's a great book, though, just yeah. called Family Worship. Yeah. Don's a good friend of ours here. And, uh, you know, if you haven't already sent him a book, I'll send him a book. So now he has oh, a <laughs> But this is actually really important because it lowers the bar because I think a lot of parents think that they have to have, you know, a, they have to compete with what's out there in the world. You don't have to have a cartoon show for family devotions. Right. All you have to do is just, as you said, read the scripture, sing a song and pray. And it's as simple as that. Yeah. But it also leaves an impression on the child. Yeah. yeah. Another, it, I'm sorry. I, I think in a funny way, if our children, we have four, uh, are any example because they did that and they learned to love hymns. Today, all four of them go to churches that sing hymns and teach sound doctrine. Mm. And I, I have to say, it wasn't so much because of the churches they grew up in, but because of the theology they learned singing and didn't want to leave that. Mm. We're surprised, honestly. And again, I would encourage I, you know, I go back to my one of my favorite statements, children love what they know. Mm -hmm. And so pick a hymn and stick with it for a while. Make sure that they, they truly know it. And then, I mean, children love, they're just little sponges. They love to take stuff in. And once they know it and they grab a hold of it, they're proud of it and they yeah. love it. 
and just like training them in the right foods to eat or anything else, if, if stick with one hymn until they know it well, and it will become a favorite hymn. You know, my, I, as a parent, I think I would just go through and pick out ones that I really liked. Yeah. You know, teach better what you like. I think that's really important because, you know, oftentimes we change it up because the parents get tired of it. But uh, the mm-hmm. kids love repetition. They Children need repetition. Oh, yeah. Look how many times they want you to sing their, or read their book. <laughs> you Amen. Know. Yeah. There's, I think in, in our world today, there's this idea that we want our kids to to carry on the mantle of our faith. We, we want them to know and understand and love God with all their heart, soul, mind, and strength. But the strategies we've used, at least over the last several decades, have not worked out. Uh, allowing kids to have their own program outside of teaching yeah. them history and the heritage of the church and, and allowing them to sit with the the hard truths of the Bible and not just kind of giving them the, the sort of tale stories. That has not proved itself to be no. a viable option to keep kids in church. And this is a book, I think, that uh, will uh, provide a resource for parents and grandparents to lay a firm foundation for those who come behind us. That's why I love the, the name that Moody chose this name, Our Hymns, Our Heritage. And I said, I love it because he uses the word our. Mm-hmm. These are children. These are your hymns. This is your heritage. And I, I love that word our in the title because they need to know this, is, this isn't this is the grown-up hymnal. Mm-hmm. These are ours. And they will only become theirs if they know them. Mm. So. But I'm impressed, Adam, that of your at your uh, age, generation, you have an appreciation for the hymns. Not everyone in your generation oh, does. Oh, many more do, though. I think it's really growing. Well, it's growing. Thanks but... to you. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I these... think that there is a desire from a lot in my generation that want to to see the history. We, we were kind of, uh, not myself, but I think a lot of people in my generation were kind of uh, this bifurcated church. They were kind of held back from it. They weren't right. shown uh, the, the side of church, and uh, they're looking for what was often not provided in many cases. Yeah. We have a problem with the churches that divide contemporary and traditional, yeah. and it often divides generationally in that. Yeah. Uh, we just think that's not healthy. One of my greatest joys was teaching the new young teachers that didn't know these hymns. They loved them. At Mm. any age, once you start learning them, I think you love them. For any of our listeners who are, um, they love the hymns. They grew up with the hymns, and they want to pass them on, but they they really don't have a clue how to do that. Uh, What kind of advice do you have for our listeners, grandparents and parents alike, who want to make sure that their children don't miss out on this rich doctrine that is in the hymns? Well, again, in the front of the book are about two full pages on how to how to teach these to your children, how to incorporate it into your life. But it, it mainly uh, comes with a purposeful choice. You, it just doesn't happen um, because you like it or think it's a good idea. You've got to set something in your schedule and or even when you're traveling in the car, going to see grandma or whatever have hymns playing on the radio, either in the background or that you sing with. And uh, we talk about that in the, that page, that it's, it, it, there's, it's got to be purposeful, you know, and uh, that. Are you asking them more like how to? Yeah, so I think a lot of our listeners are wondering if this is even a possibility. How does it even work? I mean, could it, do kids actually want to be taught mm-hmm. these hymns? Well, they don't want to eat the best foods. Exactly. Yes. <laughs> they don't always want to say please and thank you either. No. <laughs> See, there again, I think it's 
we we tell them what they like. Yes. <laughs> in a sense, we teach them what they love. Yeah. Um, and at first, yeah, there may be some resistance. I think our children were not always thrilled about family devotion time. Or be honest. <laughs> oh yeah, that's true. <laughs> but um, but they caught it. They did, and I think we have to remember that we're the adults and they're the children. And we know what's really good for them. And sure, we do it in love and we do it. We, we come up with ways to, uh, you know, maybe find it after they've learned several hymns or have them look through them. I found that children that owned this book and it was their book, mm-hmm. loved it. The first time we, we had them at school and a little first grader's parents bought him one, he slept with it. <laughs> <laughs> you know, if they, they um, and, if, and if it's important to you and you think it's beautiful and wonderful and the hymns are, children learn from us they and they're not just pre-programmed to only like fun loud happy whatever stuff they they really are capable of so much more they pick up our passions they pick up they pick up your love that's that children are going to love what you love Mm -hmm. i think you know you've experienced that with your children maybe not right away but um they have to start young and may i say i think particularly fathers i have noticed that children tend to like the same foods their father, well, our friends have talked about this. It's they like what dad likes and they don't like what dad doesn't like. Somehow uh-huh. it's not as much with mothers, but I, and I just think that's a, a God given thing for fathers to know or to, he set it up that way that fathers are so important to children. And what dad likes, I like. Mm. What dad eats, I want to eat. What dad sings, I want to sing. If dad feels like, oh, I can't sing, don't tell them that. They don't know you can't sing. Do it anyway. Whatever comes out. When I was growing up, my dad used to dip, you know, just regular sliced bread in Italian dressing. And uh-huh. we, we would do that as well. We called it dad's dressing. I mean, it's there Italian you go. dressing. <laughs> it was dad's dressing. It's a dad it was, thing. It, it I tell you, kids yeah. love their dads. Yeah. They would want to be like dad. For any of our listeners, though, that look at this and they say, it's already too late. Uh, my kids have already passed that or that early phase where you can really cement these ideas in their mind. Uh, maybe they're middle school or high school. What advice do you have for those parents and grandparents? Well, I think you could start by just admitting that you've come to a new realization and tell your teenagers, I am still a student. Uh, I don't go to school, but I am a student. And I've learned recently of an important thing that maybe we failed to tell you when you were younger, but it's never too late uh, while you're still in my home. And this is what it is. Uh, here's a here's a song. Listen to these words. I want you to know, and it's I want to walk as a child of the light. I want to follow Jesus. God set the stars to give light to the world. The star of my life is Jesus. In Him there is no darkness at all. The night and the day are both alike. The Lamb is the light in the city of God. Shine in my heart, Lord Jesus. Hmm. Now, Billy and. Alice, I want you to know that text. I want to learn it with you. Let's learn it together. And the melody, it's a really beautiful melody. And that goes to parents who didn't grow up in this environment either. Uh, they exactly. may not be familiar with these songs. That's and uh, true. It's, it's not a part of their heritage, but they want to right. be a part of it as well. Right. It's intimidating. Yeah, it can be intimidating. And that's why we made that, that recording. This uh, it's, it's on a USB that'd be... Nobody uses CDs anymore. Streaming would be too expensive to buy uh, 120 tracks. And so the USB, which you can put in your computer, most of us can put it in our cars, um, 
that allows you to have six and a half hours of him accompaniments uh, playing anytime you want. Well, there you go. For your next road trip, that'd be great. <laughs> Might not want to do them all at once. <laughs> Uh, no. our, our time here is really short, and, and I wish we had more time to talk, but uh, i got to let you go. But could I ask you, Dave, would you be willing to pray for our listeners and, and your readers and, and all of those who love the hymns and want to love the hymns and pass them on to the next generation? I'd love to. Let's pray. Father, um, so often in Scripture, your people were reminded of their forefathers, of Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, King David, because you felt there were things for them to learn from. And today we have Isaac Watts and we have John Newton and we have um, Stuart Talon and Keith Getty that have become for us conveyors of the truth of the word through poetry and melody. So Father, I pray that you would instill in our listeners' hearts today from listening to this a desire to bring the heritage of our faith to their families. And I pray that as they read these books, whether they're families with young children, families with teenagers, or maybe uh, empty nesters or grandparents, that they would be able to find in these pages truths that sustain them. If they're in the latter stages of life, to see the truths that uh, will take them into heaven. And um, I thank you, Lord, for giving us these things that stick in our minds and, and uh, will sometimes and often be the last words on our lips. I just pray, Father, that your Holy Spirit may enter into the homes and the hearts of all that are listening to this today. And I thank you for Adam and the opportunity to share this. And I pray your blessing on the station and all that they do. I pray in your name. Amen. 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 In a world that is so conscientious about making sure that we are feeding the next generation healthy food and not giving them too much sugar and not giving them too many uh, uh, non-organic foods, <laughs> we, we need to be reminded that what we need to pass on to the next generation is something that will last with them and help them to grow into healthy in adults and individuals. And that means giving them the rich history of our hymns. We've been talking with David and Barbara Lehman. Their book is called Our Hymns. Our Heritage, a Hosanna Hymnal, a student guide to songs of the church. It's a great resource. If you want to find out more information, you know how to get a hold of us. So, uh, David and Barbara, thank you again for being a part of the many voices for that one message. Thank, well, thank you. you. Yes. Thank you.